You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no so all that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go Bro, you know I was glad I could su- surprise you with some TSR merchandise this past weekend, my man. Oh, dude, that was awesome. It made, it made my day. I had no clue. You just come in and throw that bag at me, and it's wrapped in a home health bag. And I'm like, what is, is he giving me an oxygen tank? Like, what is yeah, this? Yeah, well, I couldn't. Like I said, I was trying to get some actual packaging done for, like, the DSR podcast, get, like, my logo on it. But, God, that stuff is expensive. So well, that'll It be made for a better t- surprise. Yeah, yeah, so I thought maybe, I was like, you know what, maybe I'm getting him some oxygen stuff, so so I'm glad I was able to trick you a little bit it, there. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, man, we got to represent. Uh, I know you'll represent well. Um, got to set up my co-host, right? Got to set uh, you My girlfriend, Morgan, actually wore her shirt uh, to the gym today. <laughs> so she's, awesome. been, she's been out there wearing it. It's been, it's, and I, I think I've worn my hoodie every day I've had it, man. It's super, super comfortable also. It's just like, and warm. Yeah, so man. I've, I've been loving it. I didn't think I was going to see you take it off. I never saw you take it off the day I gave it to you, so I'm glad you liked it a whole lot. Yeah. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about tonight, guys. One of the biggest things that just happened in the NFL um, around the league, A.J. Boye was traded to the Denver Broncos from the Jacksonville Jaguars for a fourth-round pick in the 2020 draft. Um, he was an undrafted free agent coming out of college. Uh, he blew up in 2017. Towards the end of his tenure with the Houston Texans, he was starting to be a stud um real real good cover corner but he can now replace chris harris jr um who i think is probably going to end up leaving denver in free agency and you know maybe they already knew what was going on so maybe that's why they got boyer in there but i fully expect the jaguars you know they've now traded Jalen ramsey to the rams and now um you know, Boye is going to the Broncos. I fully expect Jacksonville to dive headfirst into this talented cornerback class. I don't think, obviously, they'll end up with a guy like Okuda, but maybe a guy like Christian Fulton, maybe C.J. Henderson. I still think, you know, at the spot they're sitting at, which is the ninth overall pick, that's way too early to pick up Fulton or Henderson. But maybe um, later on in the draft. It's, it's a deep corner class, so I definitely expect them to uh, draft somebody. But, um, Bo, what are your thoughts on that trade, man? I mean, I think it's good for Denver. I mean, Boyer's showed that he's a stud. I mean, he he's no no slouch. It's and, definitely um, it's definitely like a good pillar to like stand on while as they rebuild the secondary, like for sure. It's a I think I think it's a good trade. I mean, I I, you know, I really would have thought that he would bring a bigger price tag than a fourth round pick. Did you did that surprise you at all, or you think that's dead on the money? I mean, it did, but at this point. So, so two years ago, he had an unbelievable season. Yeah. But la- last year, he didn't have as good of a season, so probably that's yeah. why the price fell a little bit. Yeah. Plus, also, Denver um, – I mean, Jacksonville's going to get whatever they can get right now. They really yeah, are. Absolutely. So, so – Fourth round picks – I mean, it's good. You can nail it. You can nail somebody with that, man. That's what I'm saying, man. You know, a fourth round pick, you know, I've always – I don't see a lot of receivers mocked to the Jaguars, but I think that receiver is definitely something they should be looking into. So I think, you know, as deep as this wide receiver class is, maybe they pick up a good wide receiver then. I could could see them dipping into the tight end pool, maybe. 
Yeah, they, they really could. So a fourth-round pick, I mean, there's going to be talent on the board there, obviously. This is the NFL draft. But I think this is just a deep class in general um, at a lot of different positions, mainly wide receiver and cornerback. So I think that's two needs they definitely need. So I think a fourth-round pick for them to get that, that's ex- excellent. Yeah, uh, definitely going to be a lot of guys in this draft that you're going to be seeing week one really contributing. I mean, there's, there's, some, there's some guys out there that can really play this year. But A.J. Boyer is not the only guy. Um, obviously, he has ended up somewhere, and we know that's for a fact. Now, obviously, that's not going to happen until March 18th um, because that's not when trades actually go through until then. But the teams have already agreed on it. But there's someone else that we keep talking about, Bo, that I think is – I don't know what's actually going to happen. For a long time, I stood by. He was going to stand pat and stay where he is. But, you know, there's starting to be more and more rumors he actually may be on the way out. That is Tom Brady with the New England Patriots. Um, Brady's representatives met with the Raiders, the Colts, and the Titans at the NFL Combine this past week. And uh, New England reportedly plans to draft a quarterback no matter if Tom stays or goes. So apparently they are not seeing Jarrett Stidham as the option. I, I like Jarrett as a quarterback coming out. Um, in the class that he came out in, but clearly they, I mean, you know, they're, they're wanting more competition in their QB room and maybe they are seeing that Jared isn't the guy, but, um, there's a lot of rumors, man. I don't, I don't know what's going to end up happening with this. Like I said, I, <laughs> I, I said on a, on a, you know, on an earlier episode that I will not believe that Tom Brady's leaving new England until it happens. I, I completely agree with, with that. I completely agree with that. I don't. I do, I do not know. They should definitely the only Jared Siddham's not going to get better with a nice cushy backup job with no one coming after him. So the Patriots should definitely keep adding to the room whether Brady stays or not. You know what I mean? They should. I think I don't think it's Stidham's not a sure thing. They should definitely. It'll only make him better having good competition coming in the door behind him. And, and if it doesn't make him better, is that really the guy you want competing for quarterback on your team? The guy's not really wanting to compete. If you're not going to compete against a guy for a starting job or for the backup job, then what are you going to do when you're on the field? So, I mean, I, th- I think that'll be nothing but good competition. And, and dude, I'm with you, though. I don't think Brady's leaving. I mean, what on earth would that would they be doing letting him walk out the door? I mean, I he has a lot to lose, man. Now, you have a lot to lose because my thing is, you know, you've been in the system for so long. You've been under Bill Belichick and, you know, Kraft for so long. I don't know how it would work for Brady, especially at his age. He, you know, look at how long his tenure has been with the New England Patriots. He's used to that environment. I don't know what it would do for him. Um, you know, I'm not saying his – I'm not trying to say that his talent is going out the window, but um, obviously he is getting older and it's starting to wear on him more. And I don't know if a change of scenery is going to bring out the youth in him. I, I don't know if that's what's going to happen. No way. So I, I don't – I mean, you could obviously surround him with better players, and we'll get to that in a minute with one team that, you know, he is rumored to be going to and how I think that would shape out. But, okay, the guy turns 43 in August, right? He that's had an, unreal. <laughs> he had an all right year last year. I mean, for 43, he had a really good year. I mean, you know, yeah. if I did this on my 40. 40, um, you know, 42 years old in the league, I'd be amazed. He had 4,000 yards, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions in 2019. I, I don't know, man. Where could you see him going? Because most of the rumors, <clears throat> you, like I said, the reps met with the Raiders, the Colts, and the Titans. My point of view, I see him going to the Titans if he goes anywhere because of the, familiar, the familiarity with the um, coaching staff. Uh, not as big of a move on his family either, I feel no, like. No, it's before. not as big of a move. It really isn't. 
He has good weapons all around. Um, good line. Good line. Taylor, good line. Taylor Luan at left tackle. I think they made. I think they made him like the highest paid left tackle like a year ago. And so, I mean, you're going to have one of the you know highest paid linemen in the game blocking on your blind side at 43 years old. I think that that's probably. I mean, the Colts obviously got Quentin Nelson out there in the gang. I mean, they're great, but. You know, if the quarterbacks love that, you know, that star left tackle. So, I mean, if I was him, I'm getting behind a good front. It's going to keep me upright. I'm not, I don't want to run for my life if I'm going to work, if like I'm going to potentially, you know, I don't know if he can do this, but hurt, you know, if he's going to potentially hurt his legacy in any way. But I don't think Tom can do that. I mean, do you think that can happen? Do you think if he goes to like the Tennessee and hypothetically they go like eight and eight, do you think that that's, you know, that's detrimental to him if he does that for like a year or two, just mediocre. I don't think that'll happen. I mean, I think, I think this guy at this but, point would have to lose six Super Bowls in a row to, to hurt his legacy. Yeah, I think he's, I think he's certified. He's got to be certified. So it really doesn't matter. But if I'm him, if I'm him, I want to be upright. I mean, he's, he can throw to anybody. I just want to be upright. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, like you said, I don't think anything's going to hurt his legacy at all. I think this guy, no matter really what he does, because he's he can't be that far out from retiring. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, I mean, six Super Bowls. I don't think he could either, but I just thought it was a relevant question to ask. I don't think it could. He would have to really, uh, really uh, screw the pooch for that to oh, uh, happen. Man. I mean, it had to be terrible. It would really have to be terrible. So I think it would just be. Um, I don't know, man. The change of scenery just has me wondering where. I can't picture Tom Brady playing anywhere else. I guess that's a big thing to me. Is I, I can't I picture. Can see it. the Titans, but like, whether the you know, Titans is going to put let Mario to go and keep Tannehill as a backup, or Tannehill's going to walk, wouldn't he? Well, see, okay, that's my thing. What I want to get to with that is the whole thing with Tannehill. So, okay, so it looks like Brady's probably going to command thirty million a year when he signs. Probably, if he goes to the open market, he better. <laughs> so, but my thing is okay. If I'm the Titans, I'm only signing him for a two-year deal. And that might be the only thing Brady wants. Brady is not – at the age he's at, he doesn't want to sign a long-term deal. I could, you know see, what I'm him saying? I could see him taking a one-year deal. Okay. But my thing is, Bo, let me let me ask you because I have my own opinions. Yeah. In my opinion, you got Tom Brady who's, who's 43 – like I said, going to turn 43 in August. And you've got this guy who's asking for $30 million a year. And say, say he wants a two-year deal. Okay? So – would you rather sign Tom Brady at 43 to a two-year deal, $30 million a year, or would you rather franchise tag Ryan Tannehill? If it's me, I'm taking Ryan Tannehill every day. There's no chance I'm paying Tom Brady that kind of money. There's no chance I'm paying Tom Brady. Yes, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. That's great. That's fantastic. But I'm not paying him at the age he's at right now. After the year he had last year, I'm not paying him $30 million a year. That's just not happening. It's not even something I would even hesitate to think about. I mean, you got you got to the AFC Championship game with uh, with Tannehill. I think you I think you should ride the Tannehill wave, but that doesn't mean that I couldn't see it happening. But but I agree, it's too much money to pay a forty three year old. Somebody's going to pay it, but I mean that's an insane amount of money. And if you got a guy who's doing a good, you know, who's been doing a good job. I mean, Tannehill's been balling. Well, I mean, something else ball, he was balling. Something else that's interesting about all this is the Pats have yet to reach out to Brady about to discuss free agency, which I think is kind of interesting. It is very interesting. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like 
the way everything's going. And, and like I said, you know, I don't know if you saw the, the clip that everybody's been looking at of um, Brady FaceTiming Mike Rabel with Julian Edelman. That was at the same game where Edelman was like, like was rubbing his shoulder, Brady's shoulders and was like, he's coming back. And Brady apparently, you know, they say Brady mouthed. Uh, he's Brady said that he's not coming back, basically. Yeah, so I, I don't know, man. A lot of I mean, conspiracy going on at that game. It's a lot of conspiracy going on. But I think Tom Brady will be back in New England. I don't think he's going to leave. If he did, the Titans, I think, would be a solid place for him. I mean, look at the receivers he worked with last year. You go to the Titans and you've got two first-round wide receivers in Corey Davis and A.J. Brown. Yeah, I'd love to see A.J. Brown and Brady. <laughs> yeah, so I think – and A.J. Brown was my number one wide receiver um, in his wide receiver class. Corey Davis was my number one wide receiver in that wide receiver class. Now, Corey Davis hasn't lived up to that. Yeah, I would say yet. Corey Davis has been a letdown. But, you know, he came out in the same class with Juju. Corey Davis did. Yeah. So, you know, Juju obviously went off. The whole, went the completely whole, off. And then, you know, Corey then, Davis just, then regressed, though. Then regressed. But I think Corey Davis is going to start. I mean, he started to show a little bit of improvement last year. A.J. Brown was a monster with the big playability last year. You got a big play tight end in Jonu Smith. Um, you have, if they retain him, you have an unbelievable monster with Derrick Henry at running back. So I think that'd be amazing for him to go into that situation. You also have a really good defense. So you just have talent on that roster, man. So I think that if you were Tom Brady, if you were not going to stay in New England, I think the Titans would be the place I wanted to go. Not saying the other teams aren't talented either. I I'd think, say the Titans of the Colts. I don't. I don't think I would really go down the Raiders train. I think well, my, the. I think that's just going to be a show in Vegas, honestly. And I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Brady wants to be like, like the Vegas sh- show for a year. I don't see that. I can't see that either. I really can't. So I, I would say the Titans. If he goes anywhere, I see him going to the Titans. Is that where you have him going? I, I would say so. And then the A Titans B. Uh, B option would be the Colts, and then last, or you know, or his free agency worst case, in my opinion, would be Oakland. Yeah, um, but there's another quarterback in the news right now, Bo. This is a guy who doesn't play on the field anymore, but he's still getting paid like he does. Tony Romo just got a new deal, Bo. I'm, I'm sure you heard about it from CBS. Yes, he agreed to a 17 million dollar a year deal with CBS. Okay, so my first question is: is is this too much to be paying him? Yes, this guy is an unbelievable um, commentator, but I don't know if $17 million a year, I don't know if that's too high or not. Because uh, I don't know. I me think, and you I, talked I think about it's it. a, I think it's a great ex- – he, he brings a great experience, like, like to the to every Sunday. I mean, if especially to the viewer that that loves the game and the viewer that doesn't know a lot about it. He, I mean, he's really there for both type of viewer. In my opinion, he is. He is, and he explains the game really well. Like you said, for some of that, if they if they don't watch it all the time, he mm-hmm. explains the game really, really well. And he, of course, map, he maps out how it should be played strategically, like by you know, like you know, saying these plays before they happen. You yeah, know, like, he does. This is yeah, this is probably going left. You know, this is going to be like a zone read. This, you know, he just says it out loud. He and he he, he literally like he's putting himself out there to be wrong almost every play. Yeah, and he's right. And he's right. <laughs> So my thing is, is, you know, everyone lost their mind when they're like, oh, my God, Tony Romo is calling these plays before they happen. You know, and my my opinion of that is I was like, okay, well, this guy just came out of the league not too long ago. So, you know, this guy knows what, you know, 
uh, the personnel groups are in, like the blocking assignments, everything like that. So, you know, this guy's probably going to know what's going on. He was just leading a team, you know, not too, too long ago. Somebody else brought this up to my attention, though. Um, could it be there's a 15-second delay, Bo, between, um, you know, what he's seeing and what, what the viewers are seeing? And he knows that and he's calling it out like that? I don't know. I mean, isn't he in the booth at these games watching it? Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying, yeah, he's in the booth. So I'm saying he's seeing it before the, it's seen on television. So, but you think then they're playing his voice on a delay then? I don't know. That would be yeah, really I, again, hard. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying this is happening. Somebody just brought I don't think it's that. I, I don't think that that's happening. I, I'd have to have proof of that one. I think if any if anyone's going to get up there and have the knowledge of the modern day game to get out and make predictions like that, I think it's Romo. No, I think Romo does a great job. And I'm not going to sit here and people are going to be like, "Oh, you're bashing Romo." No, I'm not. I'm not. He's <laughs> an amazing commentator. I really, really do. Um, but you know, it was just some, something somebody brought to me, so I thought I'd bring it up to you here on the podcast. Where else to bring it up better to you at? Absolutely. But. Uh, so me and you talked about this, and you actually you brought this to my attention, Bo. So this man's going to be making more than a franchise tagged edge rusher this coming season. I don't know if I'm okay first, with first that. year franchise tag. I don't know if I'm okay with that. I'm a, I'm and, okay and, with it. And a couple it, of dude, players a, have come out a, and had a problem with it. It's a yeah. I heard yeah. Mike Thomas didn't like it. Mike Thomas sure, said but, I had a problem with a whole lot of stuff. It's, yeah, but know. dude, I mean, it's a billion dollar TV deal. It's a drop in the bucket. It is a it's, drop. It's, the- it's nothing. It's a billion dollar. It's it's o- over a billion dollar TV deal, and he is the best in the game. He's the best. It's like you put him and Jim Nance on a TV screen for football. It's it's it might be better than John Madden Al, Al Michaels days. It's just it. I think it is. It's it's the it's the that, best. That's a tough call right there, dude. It's they are knockout, dude. They well, are any- Kobe and Shaq on the TV for you every Sunday. I don't think it – and the players – they the CBA needs to do them right and get them paid. The players can get, can, can get paid more. There's enough money going through the league to get paid more. The, like CBS isn't the NFL. Like they're two different businesses. Like it doesn't – I don't see how it even oh, – he should be making as much as us. Well, it, he doesn't work for the NFL. Yeah, well, you know, that's how and, you I know, the whole CBA thing has players at war right now. Absolutely. It really, really does. I, I think Tony Romo's earned his money, and I think Michael Thomas has earned his money. But, like, it's not Tony Romo's fault that receivers make $18 million a year or whatever, the, you know, that when they're getting paid, you know, top dollar. That's not – or $16 million no, no, a year. That, not that's Romo's not Romo's fault. fault. And it's a billion-dollar TV deal, and he's the best commentator in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it that he stayed at CBS. The Steelers play on CBS. I can't wait to listen to Tony Romo call Ugh. games. Can't I was wait. Expecting to hear something about the Steelers, and there it is. You know there what? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start taking the over and under of how many times I hear the Steelers team name come out of you. I'm gonna take an over under on you saying Georgia shit. Oops, All right, me on the on the cussing. No, no, you're good, man. It slips out. We're gonna I, have to. We're I talk like a sailor, man. So I, I just I just try to uh, tone it down on the podcast. Everyone else knows that. Um, but, you know, with all this going on, it looks like now that Peyton Manning is being targeted for Monday Night Football, which I think would be awesome. You know, Manning has said in the past that he's not interested um, in coaching. He's not interested in commentating. But I think Peyton Manning would be unreal at, at being a commentator in the booth, 
um, when you're watching football games. I think it would be amazing to listen to Peyton oh, break down. You know, he yeah. could get $15 million a year tomorrow. If he That's wanted. what I'm saying. Man. You know what I mean? You wouldn't so, even have to do commercials anymore. No, I know. You absolutely would not have to. <laughs> but talking about money, the Chiefs just franchise tagged Chris Jones, Bo. That's in the news as well. So my thing is, I guess they're saving money for that massive Mahomes contract. Yep. That's getting ready to come up. That or they're going to try to tag and trade. I'm surprised he's going for it. I'm surprised he's going for it. I mean, makes, he, makes he's, me he got a ring. He won a ring. It's like, now go get paid. You know yeah, what I mean? So that's what makes me wonder, is this a tag and trade? You know, I is he an actual tag and trade candidate? He could, he could be. He definitely could be. I mean, it, I don't see them doing that the because he time, is he, the leader of that defense. He, he could be one of the guys that, you know, money's money. He wants to have three rings with Mahomes. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. He, it could be that. There's no telling how many Mahomes could win in his career. I mean, it just started. He's got one already. You know what I mean? No, I was listening to something the other day. Um, funny enough, it was on ESPN. You know, I'm not the biggest fan in the world of, of um, you know, watching a lot of ESPN stuff. Um, I don't really read much of their stuff, but I was listening to this, and I thought I'd bring it up to you, Bo. So they were saying, you know, what, what's the, the greatest, like, quarterback robbery, at least of our generation, that would be Manning versus Brady? So people Quarterback were say, rivalry? Yeah. Like, like with the, the best games to watch, in my opinion, of quarterback battle was Tom Brady and the Patriots versus Manning and his Colts. Yeah, I'd say that's I'd say that's it. I mean, that's the two best quarterbacks uh, for so, me all time. So my thing is, they were they were saying it was Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes going to reach that, or and are they on the way there now? After one guy this year just won the regular season MVP, the other guy just won the Super Bowl MVP. Other guy obviously just got the Super Bowl ring as well. They're both so young. They're both so talented. You know, is this the beginning of a rivalry that is going to lead the league forward? I don't know if I'm going to crown that, you know, crown this rivalry that yet, but could it be? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. I mean, I think I think it, it definitely could become that. I mean, it's an AFC thing. They're going to – if if these two teams are going to get to the pinnacle of the game, which is the Super Bowl, every year, they're going to have to see each other if they're going to be in the playoffs. I mean, if they, ultimately, at some point, if they're both – winning they will play each other in the playoffs whether it's round one whether it's round you know whether it's the AC championship game if they're gonna have to see one another to get there if they're the two best teams in the AFC which could happen almost year in and year out for the next decade at the rate they're on you know it could definitely become some of the one of the greatest quarterback rivalries of all time and I mean it could be just a it could be an awesome thing to watch play out for the next 10 or 15 years seeing those two go head to head. And I mean, it's honest, it's going to be insane. I can't wait to see some of the players that come up around them too, to watch them grow. Cause I mean, Pat Mahomes has made everyone on that roster better. I mean, so is Lamar Jackson. Yeah, man. And see my, my thing is here's the only reason I don't think it's going to end up like that. Again, I respect both of these guys game more than, you know, anyone can imagine. I've loved watching these guys play. I think it, has the, it has the potential. I mean, it has the, the AFC, potential. They're in the AFC, though. They'd have to play. They're going to have to play each other a lot over but, their careers. It, but okay, but you know, we're talking not just AFC rivalry. We're talking this is the quarterback rivalry in the NFL because that's what Peyton Manning and Tom Brady were. They were the rivalry. That was the two best quarterbacks in the league. You yeah. know, so basically, are, are, 
it would have to end up being Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes are the two best quarterbacks in the league. And my thing with what made the Brady and Manning, you know, rivalry so great is because of how long it went on, how long they had to play against each other, both of them being great quarterbacks. And my problem with I don't know if this is going to happen with Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes is do I think it could happen with Patrick Mahomes? Yeah, I do. But I think Lamar Jackson depends a lot on his legs. And we and you have talked about sustainability before, Bo. And I don't know. I think a lot of Lamar's talent, again, not the, saying the play calling in Baltimore is dependent on his legs. Exactly. So my thing is, what you know, what if it gets to a point where Lamar Jackson, you know, we're eight, eight or nine years down the road, and Lamar Jackson, you know, isn't able to run like he used to. You know, That's what I was saying. The next decade. So, so I don't know if. I don't know if I could go ahead and say that's going to happen now because Lamar Jackson, you know, again, I'm not someone sitting here saying that he can't throw the football. He obviously proved that he can throw the football last year. But does he need to keep working on it, working on it? Yes, he does. I think he, he's going to get better again. I don't think, no, he's, I think gonna, he's going he's to get not better. Gonna get reg- I don't think he's going to regress. I don't think he'll regress either. I mean, it'd be hard not to regress from his season he had this year. I, I think Lamar never- Jackson's got a strong 10 years of, of success ahead of him. And then, and then after that, it will be how his body holds up. It'll be yeah. kind of Cam Newton's thing. You gotta, you basically ran it for a decade, and now you got to see what your body's gonna say to you. But all this got started with talking to Chris Jones, and then you know me and you just go off on our tangents. So back to Chris Jones, like you said, bro. I am also surprised that he did not make them sign a long, him to a long term deal. Um, like I said, it could be, it could be they came to him and they were like, "Look, Chris." You know, we know you want to play with Patrick. All right, well, we got to pay Patrick an unbelievable amount of money. Can you take this? Can you, you know, can you take the franchise tag right now? Because we've got to save that money to lock him in. Maybe they were like, look, Chris, we're going to work with you down the road. We're going to work with you down the road, and we'll get you that long-term They're probably saying, like, we just need you to do this to get the cap later. That's what I'm saying. So so it could have been something like that. You know, I could see Chris Jones doing that for the team. I absolutely could. I don't don't think – you know, like I said, he is a potential tag and trade target. I don't think it's going to happen though. He's the leader of that defense. I can't see the Chiefs wanting to get rid of him. I, I, I don't think he. I don't think he'd want to be traded away from there. I think that he would. He should either either walk and get his money, or just or tough it out there until they sign him. You know, absolutely. I mean, you're, you're, I mean he's in a position to to be successful there for years. See the playoffs for as long as he chooses to stay there pretty much. I mean, Mahomes is going to have them either winning the division or in a wild card spot every year he's healthy, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I I don't know what's going to happen with that. Like I said, I think he took the pay cut just for Patrick to get his money and set up the team for the long-term future. But we'll see, man. It may surprise us tomorrow. It could come out tomorrow that uh, the teams agreed to trade him. So, we'll see. We never know how this is going to go from one day to the next, especially with free agency coming up. Yeah. So we'll we'll see how this goes. But both something else happened, or was mentioned, or is rumored to be going around that I had to talk to you about because it was a it was the scorching hot take that I made a while <laughs> back. And in, in my scorching hot take, everybody, I said there was a possibility. Well, my hot take was the the Jags at some point would trade Nick Foles to the Los Angeles Rams. Foles would take Jared Goff's starting position. Now, that was a scorching hot take, and a lot of people that heard it told me that that was a scorching hot take. But just recently, Bo, the Jags have come out and said that they are looking for trade partners for Nick Nick Foles. 
Yep. And they the, basically the Jags reportedly want to move forward with Minshew as the guy, and they want to find a trade partner for Foles. So is this the right move, Bo? And what are your thoughts? Uh, for the right price, I think it's the right move. Um, Minshew's, I think Minshew's going to give you everything Foles is going to give you. But I also, I also don't know if, I don't know what Minshew's going to blossom into. But I also, I think we've seen what Nick Foles is, if that yeah, makes I, sense to you. I think that we definitely have seen what Nick Foles is. Now, yeah. Bo, if he gets traded to the Rams, we're going to have to figure something out, man, because that's that's one of the hottest takes ever to just come in and happen immediately. So we're going to have to figure something out. Um, we'll definitely drink some beers over that one. I'll actually yeah. drink beers with you over that one if that one happens. Yeah, that'd be, it'd be pretty nuts. I mean, well, uh, what, what, Nick Foles, Nick Foles could bring – what kind of price tag do you – yeah, but you, you drinking beer. Be yeah, I was going to say, what's more nuts? Are you drinking as, beer as or Nick Foles getting traded to the Rams? You, I mean, I think it's almost on par with each other, but I'm going to go with you drinking beer by, by a hair there for sure. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. That'd be a great, be great thing to to to, to uh, yeah, mull over with some beers. <laughs> yeah, man, I would love for that. Like I said, I can just see Nick Foles playing in that uniform, man. Like I said, this may not happen. You know, I'm just blowing smoke right yeah. now. I mean, but I, I definitely think I could see that. And I think, what kind of price tag do you see Nick Foles bringing? Like a second round pick or something? Third round pick or like? I do don't you... know. Probably third round. I'd say third round. I think second's yeah. a little bit too high. And, and yeah. another thing is, you know, whatever team takes, they'd him, be man, dumb they... not to try to get a second. Oh, oh, yeah, they would be dumb because yeah. this guy's won a Super Bowl. Yeah. But, but my thing is, I don't know what teams are going to be interested because of the amount of that contract he'd be bringing. Oh yeah, it's a hefty one. I don't know what the and, and the only reason there. the Rams I don't see them in contention is because they just signed Golf to a massive contract. Yeah, that and see the 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 cap with these quarterbacks really restricts teams too. So they got to really want him. They really got to want it. They got to really believe in him. But, I mean, this know, what the Rams are running into trouble because of the cap around Golf's contract. Exactly. So we'll see how all this plays out. But um, as of right now, the Jags are looking to move forward with Gardner Minshew. Everybody loved mustache mania and Minshew mania. So we will see. The best I'm thing all, ever. I'm during, all about the mustache mania. The best thing about all of that was seeing all the fans that had fake mustaches on at the games. I loved it. I loved it. And then Baker Mayfield tried to copy him, and he had like three different mustache styles. I don't. Do you remember that? Do you oh, remember yeah. when Baker Mayfield kept trying to shave his mustache? It was like he had three different styles of a mustache in like one day. It was oh, crazy. Awesome. Yeah, dude, it, I, I just think in seeing all the fans come there, not just like shaving their facial hair into mustaches and the fans with the fake ones, it just like he it, it, he had such it was a cult following for a little bit there. Oh, we got to make a deal. If me and you ever make it down and we do a live podcast in Jacksonville at a Jaguars game, yeah. you got to you got to shave and get a uh, the uh, Minshew mustache. I will do a Fu Manchu all the way. And I'll, 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 I'll go buy a fake one. I'll go buy a fake one because, you Dude. know, I can't grow facial hair like that. Oh, man, I can right if we did it right. I wish it was right now. I wish I wish that day was today. I have the I have the perfect mustache amount right now. It would be it would be it would be awesome. I could even I could do a mean Fu Manchu right now as well. Yeah. You know, if we were talking about like a Garoppolo goatee or something like that, I could probably pull it off. But. It's a it's a Minshew mustache, so we, I can't pull that off. But Bo, you've got that handled one hundred percent. So anyway, guys, another quarterback. I know we keep talking about quarterbacks. This is going to be the last one I'm going to talk about right now. Jameis Winston is most likely on his way out in Tampa. So making I still room think, for Rivers. 
making room for it. But I still think he's going to end up in Tampa, Bo. I, I, I don't know. Because a lot of this, you got to think, a lot of this right now, even though it's not talking about players in the draft, a lot of this is still smoke screening, man. A lot of this is still smoke screening, making teams wonder what the hell is going on during draft season. So it, it keeps teams on the edge of their seat to try to figure out where guys are going to land, who they need to pick, who they need to trade for. So I personally think that Jameis is still going to end up in Tampa. Um, if he doesn't, I could see the Chargers signing him and then drafting a top offensive tackle. I could see that happening. Um, I think the Chargers would be a solid place for Jameis to land. I was thinking about it the other day. Okay, you had Phillip Rivers there, right? You had Phillip Rivers surrounded with weapons, all right? So Jameis Winston's used to having a solid guy like Mike Evans, right? Got Keenan Allen right there. I think I just said right three times in a row. So help me out here, Bo. Let's get a conversation going in a different directions. So I don't uh, keep repeating myself. <laughs> well, I think uh, Keenan Allen's that that target. Um, that yeah, Keenan, that's target. what I'm saying. Keenan Allen is that tar- target. Yeah. Obviously, you don't have a guy that has the. Well, um, they, well, they got Mike Williams is a solid number two, and the and and Jameis is used to the good one-two punch out there in Tampa. That's what I'm saying. I, now, am I going to say it's as good as Evans and Godwin and? Um, not no, LA, no, it's not. It's no, definitely it's not. not. But it's 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 good enough to make plays. But it, would I give it? Would I give? Let me see. Would I rather have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Melvin Gordon, or you know, and, slash and Hunter, Austin Eckler, slash Hunter Austin Henry, Eckler, and Hunter Henry, and Hunter Henry? I don't know if Hunter Henry's going to stay though. That's the big thing. So well, I, I'm not going to include. There, yeah, yeah okay. I'm not going to include include Henry right now. So would I rather have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Gordon? You know, Gordon may not stay, but Gordon Eckler, or would you rather have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Ronald Jones? And I guess you could throw OJ Howard. I, I'm going the Chargers. I'm going. I like, the, Chargers. I like the I like the Chargers. I wish I could swap that Tampa Bay receiving core out though. They're 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 mean. Oh man! Imagine having Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. Oh, good lord! It'd be insane. It's a cheat code, but you know, I think Jameis would fit in really well. With the Chargers, I re- I think he'd move in immediately and do really well with them. Like I said, I still you don't think see LA him would be good for Jameis. He's quite. I don't the personality. know. I don't know. That's the only thing that makes me worry about it. Yeah, I mean, he he's like not he's not like a troublemaker or anything, but he's just like a he's just like yeah, a big, he's is he a, is he not uh, not really? I mean, he got on some stuff in college, but that's not him forever. I mean, he hasn't been really in a ton of trouble in the NFL, has he? Yeah, it's his new start for this guy, new eyes yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think it would just be like he's a big personality. Like, could he would he would he be totally focused on football? Would he be at Lakers games all the time? Would he be doing just living the LA life rather than being all in on football? You know. Yeah, what makes this so interesting is it could really, really shake up the draft. I don't think people understand when a quarterback goes to a team that was already looking at quarterback, that that there's a lot of ripple effects that come from that. You know, one's, one little change for a team that's high up in the draft order makes ripple effects for everybody else. It really, really does. Absolutely. Like I said, if, if he A lot of people don't like to do mock drafts because of that, because exactly. it's just teams play off the board. They react to the board so much. But it's also what makes mock drafts so much fun, Bo. And that's what's going to make it so much fun when TSR has their mock draft. Oh, yeah. So no, everybody get hyped blast. for it because we're going to have a great mock draft. But like I said, I could see him going to the Chargers. The Chargers are already looking for a quarterback in the draft. They're not quite high enough to get one of the you know top two, maybe even three options. The, the top three options could be off the board unless they trade up. Um, you know, because a team could trade up in front of where the Chargers sit right now, which is number six. So 
if if the Chargers are looking at Jamison, they think he's the guy. They trade for him, and I think they get a solid um, offensive tackle in the draft instead. What about the Colts? You don't think the Colts would have any interest in Jameis? No, I think the Colts are more in the running for Teddy Bridgewater. And like yeah. I said, I think that I could see Philip Rivers with the Colts. I'm a big, I'm a big guy saying let's get. You've Phillip been Rivers really, you've been all about Rivers to the, to the Colts. So my thing I is, he I want to see, be in the state of Florida. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I don't see him leaving. I think a lot of this is Bruce Arians just being Bruce Arians and being kind of confusing. <laughs> so I don't see. I mean, my thing is, yes, the guy just threw thirty interceptions. Okay, we all know that's a problem. We there's no one that doesn't. If you know sports, you know thirty interceptions is a problem. But my thing is, this guy was also a number one overall pick. He just had five thousand passing yards and also threw thirty three and uh, thirty three touchdowns. I mean, he's got a big arm. He just he's got a he, cannon. He's just, it's just a risky. It's strapped to his shoulder. See, it's a cannon. They were down a lot, so I mean, he th- he was throwing a ton. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think we should give up on James whatsoever i loved him as a quarterback prospect coming out of uh, fsu so i think he should stay in tampa sign him to a two-year deal see what this guy's got for two more years if he does you know if he doesn't perform the way you want him to all right let's get rid of him then if get it this does guy south two. bench him in year two and then just draft a quarterback high that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying i think he'll end up in tampa bo clearly you seem to be on the same page with me um but i i, th- I think that yeah I, I would think rivers would be Tampa's best option, but I could see Jameis getting a short-term deal to prove himself. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because they invested a lot in his pick. Wasn't he like a top-five pick when they picked him? Who, Jameis? Yeah, yeah. Jameis was number one overall pick. Number one, yeah. I mean, sometimes I get get them mixed up, but yeah, I mean – Seriously, he's even if it wasn't number one, top five pick vested in anyone, you're gonna see that see that out. And see, a lot of people were, were you know, they still look back on that draft class because you had Mariota went second, right? So Marcus Mariota and Jameis came out in the same draft class. And, you know, when I was doing it, you know, this was before this was back when you know I, I had just started trying to figure out my way of um, looking at pro, uh, uh, prospects and breaking them down. That's right. Right when that happened, that's when I started like paying a lot of attention to uh, prospects, looking over film and stuff like that. So I love Jameis as a prospect. I did not like Marcus Mariota that much, but then it doesn't matter because neither one of them really came out and showed out in the NFL. They yeah. really have never had that season where it's like, whoa, this guy was worth a top three pick in the NFL draft. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, Jameis definitely has had better looking – Talent like wise has looked better talent wise than Mariota has, yeah, and statistically better than Mariota has. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of crazy how that works out. Like I said, just got to throw this in there. Marcus Mariota is the perfect man for the backup job in Philadelphia. I think we've been been over that with you, Bo. I just see him in that Philadelphia jersey as a backup quarterback for Carson Wentz, who we know is injury prone. Get Marcus Mariota over there in Philadelphia. To yeah, get Philadelphia Carson needs to consider a backup for sure. And I think Marcus Mariota will be a solid backup, man. I He's see really Philadelphia good. going right back to offensive line depth in the draft. Oh, they love Wentz. offensive linemen over there. They love it. They have to draft them. <laughs> they have to draft them, but they also love it. You know, they got a really good prospect last year in Andre Dillard. Yeah. Dillard's going to be a great offensive lineman. He really, really is. He was a great prospect. Um, I think he came out of Washington State is yeah. where Andre Dillard came from. Yeah. But talking about the NFL draft and all these prospects, let's talk about the NFL Combine, Bo, because that's what's happened most recently. And that's the biggest news we have is what happened at the NFL Combine. Um, just some, I'm going to go over some prospects, what they did, what they didn't do, 
how they uh, performed in Indy. I'm really upset that I still wasn't there, but hey, we'll get past it, right? It'll be all right. It'll be all right. So we're going to go over some quarterbacks, Bo. What's the biggest quarterback name that we know coming into the draft this year? The guy's name is Joe Joe Burrow. Burrow. Joe Burrow. He did not take part in the drills in Indy, but he did go through some interviews. He said that he will not not play for the Bengals, which I love to hear, and that he would like to play with A.J. Green, which, crazy enough, Bo, is a lot, has a lot of people thinking that's why A.J. Green's coming back to Cincinnati because he pretty much told them, make sure A.J. Green's there if y'all draft me. I mean, that's what they. That's like the one thing you got to say to A.J. is we're bringing in a stud. Like we can pay you and we're bringing in a stud quarterback because I mean, that, that's the ideal marriage for sure. Absolutely. And I can't, I'll tell you, I will be one happy camper. If Joe Burrow is drafted by Cincinnati, we, we retain AJ green, you know, obviously you got Tyler Boyd there. I hope we get an extension deal with Joe Mixon. Jonah Williams is healthy. I, I, all of that, there's no way all of that can go right. So I'm just waiting to see what's going to mess up because it is Cincinnati and it is the Bengals. And I am a fan. So we'll see what messes up. I just don't know what it's going to be yet. But I, if all of that was to happen and everything worked out perfectly, I'd be an extremely happy camper. Um, like I said, there were AJ Green was reportedly getting franchise tagged. Uh, back in January, he said that that would not be the best option for the team to tag him. But I think he has now come out. And said if, if I'm AJ, I, I don't know if I, could, if I would take the tag with his, with his injury problems. I'd want something guaranteed on paper. And I think that's a lot of the problem, but he has now come out and said that he, you know, he's not going to not play if he is tagged. You know, he's not going to hold out. He's not going to stay out of uh, training camp and stuff like that. So he will play for the Bengals. And, you know, I think it's going to, like I said, if Burrow is drafted by the Bengals, it's going to excite AJ. It's going to be something that's, that's, you see this new talent, a great talent coming in uh, from college. I think it's going to make you, it's going to give the team a little motivation, a little momentum. Going yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it'll definitely give AJ Green a reason to be excited to come back and 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 put it all on the line again. Absolutely. But back to the combine. So basically, at this point, you know, like I said, Joe Burrow did not go through drills, but nothing at this point is going to hurt his stock. Um, basically, all he needs to do is perform well during his pro day, and he'll have the number one pick locked up if he doesn't already. Yeah. Uh, now, what type of situation is he going to be put into in Cincinnati? You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, don't go play for Cincinnati. I think he's not in that bad of a position. Like I said, you've got A.J. Green coming back, who is a, a unbelievable talent at wide receiver. You have a great second option in Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. You have a, a good running back in Joe Mixon. And you have a solid stable of running backs. We drafted Travion Williams last year. He ended up getting hurt, but I love Travion Williams as a uh, running back. Um, Gio Bernard, great pass catching back. I, I mean, I don't think you can totally count out John Ross just yet. No, you can't. You, know, still you can't a count out John Ross. So, you know, John Ross, and having John Ross as your third option, that's yeah. not that bad. Yeah. It really is not. And uh, wait, there was another guy we're not thinking about. That, that Auden Tate. There, there we is. Yeah, there, there it is. It's Auden Tate. That's the Auden Tate. Was, he was balling within the last year. He was. He was balling last year. He came into his own. He, uh, Florida State pros, uh, product, man. He, I yeah. remember watching him at, um, Florida State. I loved his game. I remember I remember that draft. Someone asked me, what's your pro comparison for Auden Tate? Basically with you know his length, his frame, everything like that. I'm not saying talent, not saying this guy's gonna be this, but I 100 percent saw Des Bryant in Auden Tate. Yeah, he looks a lot like him on tape for sure. 
He really, looks really a lot does. like him. And he's it just in pads looks just like him. So I think you you have a solid, solid core of receivers there. You have a solid running back room. Yes, the offensive line needs some work. We all know that. We anyone who watches football yeah, knows they're it's gonna it's follow nice. up almost I bet you I wouldn't be surprised if they went second round lineman and then another round lineman. You know that's what, I mean? what I'm saying. And we're also gonna draft receiver. I know we're gonna draft receiver, but we you know we've we've we we're putting in picks on the offensive line. You've got a first round center in in price and you've got a first round left tackle in Jonah Williams. You're slowly fixing it. So it's yeah. not that bad of a situation. It really, really is not. Um, but he is look, being looked at at this point as a once-in-a-decade type prospect. Again, let's slow it down. There is bust potential, and the more you guys keep hyping this up, the more it's going to break my heart when something bad happens. So let's just <laughs> let's just go slow. Let's just go slow and steady through this whole prospe- uh, mm. process, guys. Moving on to Tua, another guy who did not take part in the drills in Indy, but he did take part in interviews. Basically, his medicals have looked fantastic. And some teams, now get this, Bo, some teams are starting to think that Burrow and Tua, instead of being the number one quarterback and the number two quarterback, they're being looked at as more of a 1A and 1B. Yeah. They think that, you know, Tua's worthy. Tua is drawing a lot of comparisons to Russell Wilson. Again, you know, I'm just going to say this. Whenever me and Bo sit here and we give a comparison to another player, don't ever think that we are going to be saying this player is going to become that player because Tua is you know, getting a lot of comparisons to Russell Wilson. Am I saying he's going to be Russell Wilson? No, I'm not. But I can see where the comparisons come it's from. It's their style. It really is. It really is. It, it, they're it, saying he's a left-handed Russell. Too. That's what they're saying. He's yeah. a left-handed Russell. Mm-hmm. I still have him mocked to the Miami Dolphins at five, but – I get the sense that Miami is possibly going to trade up for him because of the Washington Redskins talk. Because yeah, the Redskins are coming out, that. the Redskins are coming out a lot saying that Tua, you know, they are very, very interested in Tua. They don't know if Dwayne Haskins is the guy. So I think what they're basically trying to do is, I think the Redskins are just smoke screening, and they are looking for Miami to trade up to, you know, obviously it's they so will get smart. Traded. It's so smart. It's so smart because they know Miami wants this guy really bad. Yeah. And, you know, the more you start acting like you're going to take that guy, well, that team will give you more and more yeah. for that guy. If so, not them, somebody else might too. It's like someone else might too. And see, what, what Miami's going to be worried about is Miami's going to be worried about the Redskins doing a trade offer with another team that wants a quarterback. Yeah. So, so it's a lot going on. It's a lot of uncertainty during draft season, which is what makes it so exciting and what makes the draft night in particular very, very crazy um, and exciting. That's the only word I have to to give you is exciting. Um, The Redskins have said that they are looking heavily at the quarterbacks in this class. I am not buying it at all. Again, I said that I think it's smoke screen. I think, yes, the Washington Redskins are set at edge with Kerrigan and Montez Sweat, but in my opinion, you you cannot give up on a talent like Chase Young. The Redskins need to draft Chase Young, put Sweat and Young together, trade Kerrigan, and see what you can get for him. Yeah, I agree. Chase Young is a, is a once in a lifetime type prospect. I think he's he he's been in the right he's been under the right uh, you know tutelage. He's he's had the right coaches. He's you know his the right training, the right diet. He's the right you know stats on the field. I mean, he's he's done it all, and I think you can't let Chase Young fall. I think you got to take him. You can't you can't let that fall to the Lions. So, what do you think they could get for Kerrigan? Hypothetically speaking, they draft Chase Young. They're going to move forward with Sweat and Young. What are they getting for Kerrigan, in your opinion? Mm. 
I think you're looking down the barrel of a third rounder or something like that. Maybe maybe a maybe like multiple picks if they're later in the draft. But I think maybe maybe a third round pick, second round pick at the at the best. I don't think you're getting a first round pick for Ryan Kerrigan. No, no, absolutely not. No, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm 100% the, with you. I'd I'm say the third, third round. Third, yeah, yeah, third third round range. And then, uh, I mean, you could maybe do like fourth and a fifth, you, you know, something like that. Teams might bite at that. You never know. I mean, he's probably carrying a decent little contract. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. So, you know, and again. Tag, and tagging him is expensive. It is expensive. It's really expensive. We've been over with the tagging. Like exactly. Million to tag him. So that's a lot of money, you know, and you're not going to have three starter caliber edge rushers. I mean, you, you could. Can. I mean, you could. You the, could. the rookie deal would let two rookie deals would allow you to. But I mean, I wouldn't put it past Ron Rivera to want all that depth. I, mean, I wouldn't put cool. it past him either. That'd I would not cool. either. You know, he was a big part in Brian Burns coming to the Carolina Panthers, who yeah. I loved as a prospect, by the way. I love Brian Burns. He's going to be a, a, a Oh, he's a baller. I love Brian Burns. But I think. You trade Kerrigan. You, or you, you'll figure something out, but you don't not draft Chase Young. You don't. You, you just draft Chase Young. I, he is going to be a monster. I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think that they, they need. They need that this year. They need to see what Dwayne Haskins has to offer, and if they need to go back to quarterback, they'll probably be in a position to go back to the quarterback in the next draft, if need be. If if he if Dwayne's that bad. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening with it all. But I think, you know, like I've said, I have two a mock to the Miami Dolphins at five. Whether it happens at five or it happens at two, I think he goes to the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Tua has made it known that's where he would like to play football um, in his next step in his career. And the Dolphins have made it known that they want him. So I think that he will ultimately end up in Miami. Um, again, with the Redskins, they have Dwayne Haskins ready to step in and take over. He was my number one quarterback prospect last year. Again, all respect to Murray, but I, he was my number one quarterback prospect next year. You had this guy ready. Yeah, he did. He I think he threw for about 1,100 yards last year. Nine starts he threw for about – this is off the top of my head, so I could be wrong. I think it was 1,100 yards almost. Seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. I think that's what it was. Mm. I was trying to keep – I was watching some film. Behind a really bad O-line. Behind a really bad O-line. And where are the receivers? Let's be honest. What receivers was he throwing to besides no, his college teammate, Terry McLaurin? They got I mean, let's their, be real. Well, yeah, Terry McLaurin's really good. He is good. That, that's going to be a partnership to build on for sure. That's what I'm saying. These guys already have chemistry. But they need help or else he's just going to get doubled. And they're, they're, I don't see the Redskins drafting a quarterback in the first round two years in a row. I don't no, see. It. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad move, but like, didn't I mean? But it it could. I think you you could use Chase Young is a generational talent. You could use that. You, oh, I mean, you absolutely really. You and you could really get something for Ryan Kerrigan to add protection for Dwayne Haskins or a weapon for Dwayne Haskins. And you you and, just had Trent Williams coming out saying and, you know, and, it, it, yeah, it, it, all for cheap. Yeah, it was it was that Trent Williams just was not going to play for the Redskins, and now he's saying, "All right, well, I want a new contract." So you still may have this guy. You may still have a guy. You don't have to spend a draft pick on offense on, on a left tackle. You may still have this guy. Yeah. So, but in my opinion, like I said, if I was to watch the Redskins, I'm drafting Chase Young. But in my opinion, Bo, I think the Redskins are looking to trade out of the second overall pick. And you think they're trying to tr trade I, out of it? I think they're trying to. I think yeah. they're trying to, because they wouldn't be smoke screening this much unless they were looking for trade partners. They're trying to get more picks later in the draft. They're trying to have a big draft, in my opinion. I think they know that they're already set at edge. 
and they think they have the opportunity. They they can pass up on Chase Young. As crazy as that sounds, they think that they have the opportunity to pass up on this guy and receive picks from a team from a QB needy team that's trying to move up. That's yeah. what I'm seeing. I, I, so I think they are 100% interested in trading. It's just who is that going to be with? So we will see how that ends up with Tua. Justin Herbert is our number three quarterback in this class. I'm basically doing these in the order of my quarterbacks, um, it, the way I've ranked them. So Herbert came in and did exactly what I thought he was going to do. He came in, kept the momentum going with a great showing at the NFL Combine after he tore it up at the Senior Bowl. He showed off good arm strength, zip, and accuracy during the on-field drills and showed that he's quicker than some realize with a 4-6-40. Now, Bo, I unfortunately missed the actual quarterback drills. Um, I was unable to see them. You watched it. You were keeping me updated through text of what numbers these guys were putting up, the way they looked. You said that you were very impressed with Justin Herbert from what you saw. He he popped all over the the stat sheet. He really did. He he was everywhere. I mean, he – I didn't realize he was such an athlete. I mean, to run a four six nine, and I mean he ran he ran a four seven, and I feel like the look on his face was like I'm faster than that. And yeah. then he ran, he came out and he dropped it down like a tenth of a, a tenth of a second. And people might not realize how hard it is to bring a forty time down like that. You know, it, to to show up on your second attempt to be faster, especially like as late as not as, as late at night as they move this thing to. And these guys were running it like you know nine ten o'clock at night. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a big adjustment for these guys because really a lot was. of these guys, are tr- before they knew the time was changing, these yeah. guys were training for morning sessions. Yeah, and I'm sure I've, I heard that a lot of them adjusted their training hours before it to get used to it. But still, it, it's not it's not normal for them it, until unless it's the season and they're playing a game. And and you're playing a game, your body's moving, you're fluid, you've stretched. I mean, this is you standing, you're just standing around. It's an alphabetical order. He's an H. He's right in the middle of the pack. I mean, he, it's he. He's sitting around. You're stretching. You're just waiting, and you show up with all eyes on you. And to come out once, know you're faster, and to come out and be faster the second time. And I mean, you could see the little little grin on his face, like yeah, like that, like that's what I meant, what I wanted to do. And you know, I bet you at his pro day, he could even shave another, you know, you know, hundreds of a second off. I, I mean, oh, yeah, I, I could see in, it. in a familiar environment. Absolutely, yeah, you're always yeah. going to perform better. I, yeah, in my opinion, I, can see I think it. you are. And so, his vertical, dude, his vertical was really good too. And his, his broad was jump was his broad jump was really good. Like it was, I think he did like a like a high nines or a ten foot broad jump or like ten five or something like that. Like a thirty six inch vertical, dude. A, a quarterback. I mean, the dude's he's, an athlete. He's a, he's a really good athlete. I mean, it, if he if his arm if he's not accurate at the next level, he's gonna be able to get out and get you a first down. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of crazy. You know, people talk about, you know, quarterback, that what's the depth of the talent in each You're class? It kind of reminds me of Tannehill as an athlete coming out. Not, I mean, definitely he better prospect, but, but the athletic ability of Tannehill. He, he kind of does. Absolutely he does. So yeah. my thing is, you know, Justin Herbert, say you're the Chargers. You know, say the Jameis Winston stuff doesn't happen. Say you're the Chargers, okay, and you get the third best quarterback, and you get Herbert? I'm going to be excited. Joking? That's I mean, a hell of a he, consolation. He threw prize. really well too. I mean, he, I think he hit. I think he hit like fifty nine or sixty miles an hour on the ball. I mean, that's some zip right there on a football. That's some zip. That's some zip. I think. What did you tell me? You you were trying to tell me everything that was going on, and you told me that I think he had the second, um, the velocity of his ball. I think was second behind Eason. Yeah, Eason hit sixty two. And Eason, and see, my thing is, Eason was was the arm in the draft. And you're yeah, telling me this guy—he was second. the Josh Allen this year. He was the yeah, camp. He was. He really was. Yeah. But you know, 
I think Herbert has, still doesn't get enough credit. It's starting. The train's starting to move now. Really, he's starting to get credit. I'm becoming a really big Herbert guy. And, like, for some reason, I don't know, you heard things like he didn't get along with teammates or he wasn't a big team guy. But everywhere I see him, he's smiling, cutting it up with dudes. I mean, he seems like he's really in the mix. Like, And my, and my man, he has that flow, too. That hair looks fantastic. You, you see, you see confidence this? to be at that level and play quarterback. It really Jesus. does. And I know you saw those locks, man, when he was running that 40. He yes. just look, looks to the hair is just flowing, man. I mean, he, yeah, he's that, got yeah, that, he had it pulled back, and it was it was definitely moving. It was, it was definitely, definitely moving. moving. And then, and on to our next guy, who me and you also love, and this is it was kind of a pun. So Jordan Love, yeah, uh, he threw he well did. in on field drills. He his stat, really well. His stock is looking up. Um, I was speaking with a friend earlier, and I told him that at this point, you know, teams are betting on Love's ceiling. With you know, with a guy like Herbert, you already have a pretty high floor, I think, with yeah. Herbert. But Jordan Love may have the high, highest ceiling in the draft. Yeah, I, I mean, he he I, could come out and be the next Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> he could. Well, he was just called by by I think it was a it was a an, an NFL executive who was in Indy. They called him a poor man's Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they called him a poor man's, but I mean, I'll take a poor man's Mahomes. I'll take a poor man's best quarterback in the league. You know better, what I mean? It's like a better version of Kaepernick. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. He, he, he can really, he can stand in there and throw, but he also brings a four six forty to the table. You he know, really and does. I, I think he'd rather throw. I think he'd rather be that guy, but he, but he will move. And, and he has an amazing touch on the ball, man. When you look yeah. at his film, and I know you've watched it, he is great. His intermediate throws, the touch he has on his intermediate throws is yeah. amazing. Yeah, it, and as, it's funny. I was watching the – they had the uh, – I don't know if you saw it. I don't know if you were at work or not, but they had the All-Star Challenge last night. I don't even know if you know what that is. Oh, yeah. It's it's conference challenge, like four guys from each conference, and Jordan Love represented Utah State's conference. And uh, Jordan Love balled. He really did, and he in they had in the passing drills. I think he had the second best time, and it, it, he led. And it was the intermediate accuracy that got him the good time. It's what the other guys couldn't do was hit like the thirty yard pass into the net, you know. And he hit it like first or second try. All these other guys are just missing on it. All these other big power five guys are just missing on it. Yeah, you know? and, and that's what he does. He does bring it to the table. He's done everything that he needed to do after a kind of a subpar year. At yeah. Utah State, people were wondering what can he do when you know competition comes up to him. Can he step up or not? Does he crumble under it? He has done everything since, from the Senior Bowl to the Combine to now the All Star Game. He has done everything, and he has gone out and showed out and said, "Okay, you want to compete with me here? All right, I got you. Want the next level? All right, I'll do it there too." He's yeah. come out and said he will compete, and he does it well. So. I think all arrows are pointing up for Jordan Love. I think you definitely agree with me on that. I think he is the fourth ranked. He's my fourth ranked quarterback in the class. Um, like I said, I'm doing these in order, so it is Burrow, Tua, Herbert, Love at this point. Next guy I'm move on to is Jacob Eason, who had an up and down time in Indy. Um, everyone basically in Indy wanted to see Eason's big arm, and it was on display. He threw well. He showed that he is a cannon. Um, he did a solid job during drills, which you know was to be expected because we all know how talented he is. But the problem he had is he had a hard time in the interview room. He, you know, he apparently thought he was doing a great job and w just owned the room, but he was actually unaware of how poorly he was doing. 
And, you know, this is going to make coaches question his leader, leadership capabilities. And, you know, someone was talking to me and they're like, well, you know, well, that's not that big of a deal. He, he's that talented. Well, you know, he'll be fine. Well, that's, that's not how it works. You can be as talented as you want to be, man. But if you bomb the interviews, it'll knock you a complete round. Yeah, it you'll, really will. yeah you'll just get passed up on hard. You really, really will. Because these guys, crazy enough, these these scouts and GMs and executives, they're people too. Oh well, yeah, and they're and they're, and these are fully guaranteed contracts they're signing you two too. I mean, they're essentially marrying you for the next four years. They really, really are. So you know, if I was going into a room and I had person person one and person two, person one was you know he he was you know a good quarterback but had an amazing personality and showed great great morals, great leadership, everything like that. And person two had unbelievable athletic abilities, but. It, it just wasn't it, – it didn't look like he would be able to lead a team maybe. And I'm not saying that's what it was with Jacob Eason. But but the, the difference is I'm going with person one. I'm going with QB1 in that instance. Well, yeah, I mean, and you can you can show up to an interview and be like, maybe this guy's too arrogant to coach. Maybe he thinks he knows it all. You know, stuff like that can get can get put – once it's it's kind of like being in court, you know, the, the public opinion. Like once once it's said, like once they think it, once you've had the bad interview and once they think you keep, you're not that guy, I mean, that's all downhill from there. It you really know, is. It's, once it's in their head, once the seed's planted, they think that. And I mean, and I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously NFL teams give, give second chances, but not to high draft quarterbacks, you know, high draft pick quarterbacks. They want, they want the sure thing. They really, really do. And, you know, another thing is, you know, I had the, amazing opportunity of, of, you know, Jacob Eason was assigned to me by Blitzalytics. So I did a full in-depth scouting report on him. Strengths, weaknesses, broke down every part of his game. So I will be excited when that comes out in the prospect guide. And I can let you guys see that. I will have the link up to that on my Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, things like that. So I can't wait for you guys to check that out. Um, I'm going to go over one last quarterback. And this guy's my deep sleeper um, in the whole quarterback, quarterback draft class cole mcdonald from hawaii and bo after i told you he was my my sleeper you were watching the quarterback drills and you came out to me and you said this guy cole mcdonald you need to keep an eye on him yeah he was dude he was balling he had he had a quick release and i think that's something that some people take for granted in the nfl is is once you once you realize this is the guy i need to throw to that ball needs to be out of there in a split second it cannot take you a long time to get that ball out. That was one of Tebow's biggest problems was his release mechanics. It was it was it was slow motion almost compared to some of the guys in the league. Now mechanics wise, McDonald has a lot of work to do. It is very yeah, un- unorthodox. It, uh, but that at the combine, he was releasing it pretty quickly. Oh, he was. And he, and he was. And I mean, he he has no one chasing him. He knows where they're running. The routes are. It's a drill. They're set up. So he's he's releasing it with confidence. And I mean, especially I think he he hit four five nine. I believe it was. I got it written down. It was here. a four five nine. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He hit four five nine on the forty, which was you know Jay. That's Jay. That was what Jalen Hurts hit, I believe. So I mean, he he had confidence coming off that drill. They ran the forties first, and then went to throwing. So he you know he was. Definitely feeling himself. Well, let's think but, about this. This is this, look at look at the size of Jalen Hurts running a four five nine. Yeah. All right. All right. Cole McDonald is six three, two hundred fifteen pounds running a four five nine. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah. Cole, I mean, so, I I just thought he was just 
people were mentioning him as this guy from Hawaii. He can really play. I mean, in his the measurements and everything, he was just popping off the charts, man. And I mean, it's it's a lot easier to do when there's no one chasing you down and you got to make quick decisions. You know what I mean? These are, these not, are drills, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Cole McDonald was top four in almost every measurement. And, uh, and, yeah. uh, and um, you know, and number he, that he put down. And, he, and honestly, he had the stats in his conference this year to back up some of his measurements. I mean, he was an explosive. Yeah. He was an explosive player at Hawaii, and people obviously. And I mean, I do too sometimes. You know, you you kind of you kind of bat an eyelash at it. It's Hawaii, but like he's still playing big. There's there's smaller school guys that make it in the league all the time. There are, and I, and I mean, just. I'm not calling him to be a big, great prospect. He could be nothing when he gets to the league, but he's going to bring a versatile game to somebody to at least attempt to get you know a, a backup job for this year. You no, know, I'm I'm just glad you know after could, me and you he, have been after me and you were talking about it. You know, I told you he was my deep sleeper before the combine got started, and you know, for you to text me later on and say this Cole McDonald guy, you were right. You know, I like this guy a lot. You know, it made me feel good. I was like, you know, maybe it's not just me. It's not he could just be this year's Minshew. He could do it. He could. He, he really could be. You know, I've watched a lot of his tape, but he does have his fair share of weaknesses. You know, I yeah. believe that he has yeah. a high ceiling, though. Yeah. Um, I, I worry about his deep ball accuracy. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I worry about his release. I've seen like, him being oh, like Jameis, like put, just putting it up there too much and, yeah. and not knowing what he's where he's putting it into. Yeah, and it, or not going where he wants it to, yeah, and yeah. see. But on film, you see a lot of good things as well. You know, he has the ability to read defenses, and he makes adjustments as needed. He has a little X factor to him. He, kind he of does. Reminds he me does. Of like a Taysom Hill. You know, he does. He, he could he could show up and do a lot of things. He has no issues going through his progressions. So he's, there's good things confident. and bad things. Very confident. Very confident. You could tell that by the way he carried himself. But that's huge. That's you have to get past mistakes. You in the, at this level, you have to be confident. You have to you have to know you're good. You have to know you're a great player. Well, I think most of these guys know they're good, but it's the confidence. Like you said, you know, a lot of guys lose confidence when they get up there around other great athletes. It's getting past the mistakes, you know. Yeah, if you cannot look back at your mistakes, you're you're golden. You really. Yeah, it's are. like the best players have amnesia, but they have amnesia because they're confident enough to know they're going to get better on the next rep. Exactly, exactly. That's that's a big thing. You know, let's, let's talk about a a girl dad. Kobe Bryant used to always say that he didn't, you know, he didn't worry about missed shots. He didn't even remember them. He didn't care about them because he knew his next shot was going to go in. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, let's take something out of Kobe's book. It's uh, it's it's exactly what I'm getting at right there. It's a nail on the head right there. Um, Now, let's go into some running backs. So, DeAndre Swift, who was my running back, number one, um, heading into Indy and, you know, Still is. He is still my RB1. I think he's going to make a seamless transition into the NFL um, in the modern game that's being played. Um, He did about what was expected. He put up a 4-4-8 in the 40, which is a a great time. It's a good running back time right there. It's a good running back time. And, you know, he looked comfortable going through pass-catching drills, which is what I thought he excelled at. Um, I think Swift is basically the complete package. He's coming out of Georgia. His skill set will transition, like I said, seamlessly. Um, He came in a little smaller. Than I expected him to come in. He came in at 5'8", 212. So I don't know if he cut a little bit of weight coming into Indy to run a good 40 time. I don't know. But uh, like I said, it was a little bit smaller than I expected. But there, the other running back that we basically need to talk about a lot is Jonathan Taylor and what a combine this man had. Mm-hmm. Um, he ran a 
four four a sub four four. Excuse me. Let's get that in there. A sub four four. Nobody expected that. At, at, at two hundred twenty six pounds. And see, okay, what did you just say, Bo? You just said no one expected it. That's what's crazy to me because you know I also didn't expect it, but we should have expected this because this guy's a two time champ um, sprinter in college. Yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a track he's a track guy. So, you know, he's a track guy coming in. We should have expected this guy would do well. But what he did, like I said, Swift ran a 4.48 at 212 pounds. Okay? But let's add 14 pounds and run even faster. Yes. That's what Jonathan Taylor just did. Now, he – okay. Let's take this with a grain of salt, but hear me out. I think he had a Saquon Barkley-esque performance in Indy. He had a bench press of 17 reps. His vertical jump was 36 inches. His broad jump was 123 inches. His three-cone drill was seven how many seconds. Feet, how many feet is that? He had a, I think it was a 10-8. Wow, that's awesome. Um, now, that may be wrong. Somebody's probably going to get on their phone immediately after hearing that and completely prove me wrong and think I have nothing, uh, know nothing about what I'm talking about. So, y'all please let me know if I said that completely wrong. Um, the three-cone drill was seven seconds. His 20-yard shuttle was 4.24 seconds. This guy crushed it. He crushed it. And, you know, I believe that Taylor will be the first running back off the board come April. Again, I think DeAndre Swift is the best back in the class. But I think after the combine, and showing what he was able to do, I think he will be the number one back off the board. Um, so we will see how that goes. He sits firmly, firmly at uh, RB2 for me in my rankings. And that's a lot of that's because of the wear and tear of this guy. They, Wisconsin rode this guy, man. They yeah. rode this guy. Oh, yeah. wins Back-to-back 2,000-yard seasons, right? Yeah. So I think, yeah, absolutely. Back-to-back, which is crazy. That yeah. shows how talented the guy that's, is. That's that's un, that's unbelievable. <laughs> and you know what Wisconsin did is they basically were like, you know what? They 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 played an old style of football, which is what they used to play Dude, back pe- back in the NFL. People stacked the box on that what, on that too. Well, what Wisconsin did is what they used to do back in the NFL. What was where what position did the best athlete on the team always play? Running back. Okay. Running back. So they took Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin. They were like, you're the best athlete on the field right now for us. We're gonna ride you. We are going to ride you to these wins. And, and he that's was all for it, too. He was all for it. He was all for it. But, again, that hurts you going into the league. It does. Because a, a lot of people are going to pay a lot of attention to how much wear and tear is on his body. We, we might have talked about this episode we, one. We've talked about it. We have talked about it. Um, I think I think that's something actually you brought up on episode one. The Josh Jacobs factor. Josh Jacobs fast, factor. How Josh Jacobs was a huge steal because this guy had no wear and tear. None. And you know, that's a big thing about Swift. Swift has for the majority of his college career been in a stable of running backs. Yeah. Because we know George is up there as one of the teams didn't, that are called running back university. Didn't they didn't, have like several like four or five hundred yard rushers this year or something like that? Who, Georgia? Yeah. Georgia had two uh five hundred yard rushers, but last yeah. On on Swift's first season, imagine this. In Swift's first season, it was the depth chart was Nick Chubb, Sonny Michelle, DeAndre Swift. That's insane. It's insane. That's insane. And at one point, at and one he's point, probably the most complete back out of the he all is. of it now. He's the most complete that's out what's all crazy. of it. That's what most people don't think about. Is that he's probably the most complete one when you talk about pass catching, route running, uh, zone schemes. Everything, being able to line up, being willing to line up at the goal line, even though, you know, and doing it, 
three down back. He's he's all of it. He's all he of really it. is. And what's crazy? I just got to say this. Crazy enough, you would think that's an unbelievable depth chart with Chubb, Michelle, Swift. A couple years before, it was Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. <laughs> so it's just it's kind of ridiculous. Georgia fans are spoiled with the amount of running back talent that they always had. And again, it's going to be the same way this year. But we're not going to stay on the Georgia. It's not topic. the only spoiled school in the SEC, so don't don't feel bad. Yeah, not the only sports school. A lot of a lot of schools in the SEC are spoiled with talent. That's what makes it the SEC. Um, another running back, though, that this guy is not in my top four running backs, but he may be, he may be coming in at that fifth fifth spot for me after the, what he did was able to show he could do in Indy. A.J. Dillon from Boston College, big-bodied back. Bro. So basically this guy came in, you know, guys, guys, People were looking at him as a uh, big-bodied back without much wiggle. He was more of a bruiser. Um, he had, but he had comparisons to Derrick Henry. You know, like the guy that just almost bruised his way to the Super Bowl for the Titans. Yeah, you know, that guy. He had comparisons. To That's that. his style. That's his style. So this guy basically came out and showed he's more than that. He's more than just a bulldozer. He ran a four. Five three forty again a four five two hundred and forty seven pounds at almost two hundred and fifty pounds and he probably dropped weight for the combine again like like you mentioned uh, for um, was it DeAndre Swift yeah well exactly I think run a faster forty I think this guy probably played at two fifty five yeah yeah two two forty five two forty seven is light is a light week for him and my thing is you know again. A guy at 212 ran a 448, and now a guy that has about 40 pounds on him ran a 453. But he's another guy that got ridden in college. He 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 did. He Boston did. College handed that rock off. Oh, he to he him. had 30 attempts constantly. He oh, he got the rock handed to him. But he also had this guy also had a 41 inch vertical, a 41 yeah, inch vertical, and he's easily the heaviest back. Easily the heaviest back, and also put up 23 reps on the bench. Yeah, yeah. That's it's I mean, insane. It's insane, and you know this is what made this is what made me so. This is why I said constantly, if the guys had not, some of these guys had not gone back to school, Bo, this would have been, I think, the most talented running back class in a very, very long time. Because yeah. at first you had DeAndre Swift, Jonathan Taylor, um, A.J. Dillon, Najee Harris, who I think next year is going to go off in Indy. Najee Harris, you had Hubbard from Oklahoma State, mm-hmm. who was an unbelievable time. Again, this year you also saw what Cam Akers could do. You would yeah. have had Travis Etienne as well. Yep. It would have been unreal. I wish I could have seen all these guys go against each other, but obviously that's not how it always well, goes. Well, you will soon. <laughs> well, we will soon. We'll see how it all goes. They'll all yeah. be in the league. And, you know, mark mm-hmm. my word, these, all these guys will be in the league. But let's talk about yeah. some other players real quick. You know, I'm not going to stay on a lot of these guys, but other players that had on offense that helped themselves out a lot. Denzel Mims, the wide receiver yeah. from Baylor, moved himself up boards with a good combine performance. He had a 40 time of 4.38, 16 reps on the bench, 38 and a half vertical jump, uh, thir- 131 inch broad jump, three cone drill was 6.6 seconds, and his 20 yard shuttle was 4.4 seconds. That is unbelievable times, and he just helped himself a solid amount in what is already a deep, deep wide receiver class. And so, 
and I was I was gonna mention uh, another guy that that I watched that worked out with the receivers that is also someone that we can bring up for the running backs is Memphis. He, I think he played running back in Memphis, Antonio Gibson. He, I love he, Antonio Gibson. He ran his 40 with the receivers, but he is probably going to play running back at the next level. And I'm not, some people think that he ran a great 40. He ran a four, four Oh flat. Okay. And, that's a that's a great forty for a running back, and honestly, it's a pretty darn good forty for a receiver. That'll that'll do. That'll I mean, Martavis Bryant ran that, you know, and that he was a burner, and I think he's a guy that's been kind of overlooked in this running back group because he didn't work out with them in the beginning, you know, and 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 he I think he's going to be a really dynamic player at the next level if he's given the right opportunity. Yeah, I think I think if he ends up in a situation, I mean, imagine putting Antonio Gibson on a team like the 49ers. Oh man, I mean, he's a Swiss Army knight for them. He really he, is. He, he, honestly, he will. It's like I think he's going to be a better version of like a Ty Montgomery, someone who was doing who can do the receiver thing Ooh, and the running. That. I love you know, that. I think he's going to be a better version of that. And and I think he. he is gonna get go to someone who was paying attention to him at the combine, and that and that's gonna be fun to watch. I think he's gonna be someone that not a lot of people have heard of, but he and that he hit himself even more just falling into the middle of that wide receiver group that was had some pretty fast speeds coming up. Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Everyone was just like Henry Ruggs, Henry Ruggs, just, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, Mims. I mean, the Jalen Rieger. Everybody was waiting to see their forty times. No one was thinking about who's this Antonio Gibson guy, but he's yeah, actually no a complete Swiss Army knife, and could have ran and worked out with either group, pretty much anyone on the offense. Yeah, so I'm glad you brought him up, but he definitely deserves some props for what he did. I think he's going yeah. to be a possible steal in April. So we'll, we'll see where he ends up at. Um, yeah. Another guy who had an amazing performance, Tristan Wirfs, the offensive guy's probably going to be an offensive tackle, but I'm just going to say offensive lineman at this point. The offensive lineman from Iowa, Tristan Wirfs. He's a guy who could play guard, too, if he, he had to. He could play guard. He really, if, really could. If injuries made him do it, he'd be a good guard. Um, he set a record for his position with a 36-and-a-half-inch vertical. This That's is a th- around a 330-pound man. Doing that, he tied the record with a ten foot broad jump, ten foot one. Excuse me. Let's let's not take away the inch. Ten foot one broad jump. He ran a four eight five forty. That's the best time among offensive linemen this year. Yeah, there's probably a tight end that ran a four eight. And like- oh, I can tell. You, I can promise you there is. Um, and then he recorded a seven point six five second three cone drill that, which is fifth month, fifth best among offensive linemen. So he just had a historic day. For offensive linemen everywhere, oh, he, yeah. he put on an absolute. And his show. and his legs are tree trunks. Oh. It is, it honestly, you've seen some big guys in the league, but these might be the biggest set of legs. They're they're like pillars. They're not even legs. Like pillars, they're they're yeah. they're they are pillars, dude. If he puts ten cleats in the ground, I don't know how you move him. I don't know how you do either. I. I, when I was watching that, that combine performance he was putting on, I was like, you've got to be joking. This is an offensive lineman. This is a 330-pound man doing this. Dude, just so, so explosive. So the last guy on offense I'm going to talk about is Chase Claypool, the wide receiver. Uh, and I'm going to say wide I'm, receiver. My mouth quotations. is watering. The, you know, it's in quotations, wide receiver. Um, he's from Notre Dame, guys. He torched 
torched Georgia's defense. Georgia had one of the best defenses in uh, NCAA this year. He went off. He's probably the biggest bodied receiver in the group, too. Oh, yeah, he definitely is. We'll see. Okay. A lot of teams wanted this guy to switch to tight end. They wanted him to try it out. I think he would excel at tight end. Um, If he switches to tight end, I'm going to tell you this right now, he's going to be an unbelievable mismatch. He's going to be a great special teamer at the NFL level, too, if they put him there. Oh, he'd be an amazing special teamer. But, Bo, you sent me this the other night, and I have got to tell people what you sent me if they haven't already seen it. (laughs) So, guys, we're going to go over some crazy measurements and times for Chase Claypool real quick and how it compares to some of the bigger names in the NFL right now. So Chase Claypool, this wide receiver who may become a tight end from Notre Dame. Probably almost none of our listeners have heard of. Probably, yeah, probably not. Um, This guy is bigger than Cameron Wake, but he runs a faster um, 40 time than Odell Beckham. He jumps higher than Julio Jones. He jumps farther than Devin Hester, and he puts up more bench reps than Jared Allen. It's in it's his measurements. He when when he was standing there at the combine, I was like, "What a specimen!" I mean, seriously, like he he looked like this year's Metcalf. Like seriously, he was he was this year's Metcalf in my opinion. Like you're looking at him, like he is jacked. I mean, he is explosive, and he's and honestly, he's willing to do it all. A lot of people don't realize he had a really good special teams career at Notre Dame. You're talking about a guy who's really producing at wide receiver, who's also willingly lining up at gunner on on the punt team and going down and tackling people and making things happen and trying to be a team player. And even if he doesn't find instant instant success you know, in a wide receiver course somewhere, he's going to go somewhere and make a play, lay in, lay in the wood down the field. And that's what I, my prediction for him is, is is he's going to probably his first year, he'll be a role player in the receiving core. And then he is going to make plays on special teams that is going to make some people go, holy crap, who is that? Well, you know, there are some guys, you know, that play the NFL that I could compare him to that, that are really just really, they're, wide, they're big-bodied wide receivers playing tight end. You know, obviously George Kittle and Travis Kelsey, the two best tight ends in the league right now, those guys are tight ends. Those guys yeah. are, are actually tight ends. But you take a guy like Evan Ingram from the yeah. Giants. Evan Ingram is basically a big-bodied wide receiver. That's yeah. all Evan Ingram really is. And, you know, yeah. you could almost kind of Eric Ebron's kind of the same way, too. In a way, he really is. I think Eric Ebron also holds, like, the, the record for the fastest 40 in the NFL combine. Yeah, yeah, for, for tight ends. For tight ends. Um, <laughs> so yeah, specify. Eric Ebron, Eric Ebron is not specify. running a fortune for tight ends, everybody. But I think that if he made a move to tight end, it would be great for him. And I think teams would be able to utilize him. He would be, like I said, an unbelievable mismatch. He is going, you, you know, you try to find you all these hybrid defenders for the NFL because they need to be able to cover uh, tight ends and also cover. I you know, coming to run willing blocker too. Oh, he would be a willing blocker. You can tell this guy's work ethic is off the charts. Yeah, but I think teams could use him extremely well as a tight end. So we will see if he makes the move. Um, real quick, guys, we're going to jump into to a couple of defenders in the NFL Combine. Isaiah Simmons is probably the guys you know the most, a linebacker from Clemson. He was asked what position he plays um, during the interviews, and he responded defense. He didn't say a position. He said, "I just play defense." Great during the answer. interviews. 
Uh, he led all linebackers with a 439 40-yard dash, a 439. I'll repeat that one more time. And he also impressed with a 39-inch vertical and 11-foot broad jump, which are unbelievable numbers uh, for a guy his size. He's also the first player since at least 2003 to record a 38-plus-inch vertical jump, a broad jump of 11 feet or more, and a sub-4-4 40-yard dash at the combine while weighing 230-plus pounds. It's unreal. These, these athletes, man, coming out are, are just – it's ridiculous. Do you think he's a top-10 pick? Yes. Isaiah I mean, Simmons he's, is a top-10 If he yeah, falls I mean, out of the top-10, it's because of trades. He's one of the – he's probably a top-three defensive player in the whole draft, right? Th- this guy is an animal. I mean, yeah. this guy is a legit stud. I I it's like, it's like Chase Young, him and Derek Brown are like my favorite three defensive players in this draft. Okay, I wouldn't say Derek Brown. Derek Brown falls out of that for me. It's actually, you know what? I know. Actually, probably going to be the Derek, top D interior D lineman taken. My top three guys, and it may sound cliche. On is defense? Chase Young. Yeah, it's Chase Young, Jeffrey Okuda, Okuda yeah. and Isaiah okay. Simmons. Okay, I, okay, I'll give you Okuda. I'll give you Okuda. But I don't. I, I'm fine with Derek Brown. If you want to, sh- you know, take uh, one of the three guys I just mentioned besides Chase Young. If you want to take two of the other guys out and throw in Derek Brown, I love Derek Brown as a po- prospect, man. Derek Brown is going to be an animal at the next level. Absolutely. I wait to see what Gerald McCoy 2.0, and maybe better. Yeah. Oh, I guess that's why you said 2.0. That's just, that's see, just what I see. That's just what I've seen in his game. Not even paying attention. Also, and uses explosive. It's it's gonna be great. Justin Matabuki, you remember him, Bo, from Texas A&M defensive lineman. Yeah, he ran a four eight forty, posted a seven three seven three cone drill. Did thirty one reps on the bench press. All three of those marks were among the best among interior defensive linemen. Could that possibly put him in round one? Possibly. It back, might back end. The back end. The back end is what I'm saying. But yeah. I think it could have made him maybe moved him up to the first round. And the, the last guy I'm going to talk about, C.J. Henderson, the cornerback from Florida, who is my CB2 right now. He's my second-ranked corner behind Jeffrey Okuda out of Ohio State. So he did not disappoint at all. He actually performed better than I was expecting in some things. He ran a 4.3940, which is tied with the third fastest among DBs. DBs, not just corners, DBs. That was the third best time. Um, he put up 20 bench press reps, which was a solid number for a guy with his frame. Yeah. So I could tell he was in the weight room. Um, he looked smooth and comfortable in drills as well. So I was really happy to see C.J. Henderson because his stock was starting to slip a little bit. And I think he's raised it back up to about where it was now. Um, I see him going probably mid-first round. Yeah. I think he's a, a mid-first round talent. I, I agree with that. So again, I'm gonna go over a couple of guys, a couple of things real quick, Bo. Uh, just teams that I believe in general are in a great position in the NFL draft. We're gonna talk about the Redskins one more time before we get out of here. So the Redskins are basically smoke screening right now, guys, with them saying they are interested in Tua. They're looking for a team to trade up for their pick. Most likely, they're picking Chase Young, but still, they are set at edge. Even if they don't select him, they could go a number of different directions come April. So we'll see what it what, what's happening. I love that Ron Rivera, though, Bo, is being aggressive. He's being really aggressive trying to move this team forward. I know you love seeing that as well. Absolutely. I mean, I think he's going to he's going to put them in a good position to to have a good defense to anchor them and to give his offense time to grow. <laughs> I mean, it could it could look worse before it looks better, but like growth can come in a six win season. You know what I mean? A five win season. Growth can really, especially with the season they just had, 
is that you know if he wins four or five more games this year, I mean, you can find real growth in that and something to build on because I mean he just left nine years in Carolina. I mean, if you can get nine years out of out of Ron Rivera in Washington, you're going to have some successful ones in there. And, and so, what were you saying? Well, well, something else. Something else that I was going to say. I didn't mean to interrupt you, man. You're good. Uh, something else I was going to say that makes me think that they're not going to pass up on Trishan. I, I think they're looking to trade the pick. Am I saying they're going to? I don't know, but I think they are looking to trade the pick. But something else that makes me think that they are, you know, going to select Trishan is if you you pay attention. Um, you know, if okay, if you do pay attention, if you pay attention to what teams in the NFL they, they draft, a lot of times teams will get stuck on certain schools that they draft from. So yeah. let's look, let's look at the Redskins. Okay, the Redskins are huge in drafting from Alabama and Ohio oh, yeah. State. I was about to say it's Alabama U. It, it's Alabama U and it's Ohio State U. You know, you've already got Terry McLaurin, you've got Dwayne Haskins. Bring in Chase Young. Then, the, then, you know, two huge guys, Jared Allen and um, Deron Payne, are from Alabama. And, and you know, let's think about it. They had ha-ha Clinton Dix, too. Mm-hmm. You know, these guys love Alabama and Ohio State guys. Mm-hmm. So I firmly believe Chase Young, you know, I think he would be the pick if they pick there. Chase Young will be the pick. Now, if they don't trade out of that pick and they don't select Chase Young, I don't know what's going on in Washington. I, I I have no idea what's going on in Washington. Yeah, could you pick Okuda? Sure. Yeah, but I would still get Chase Young. You don't let Chase Young slide to three. But slide, you know, with the number three pick being what we're talking about right now, the team that I 100% believe, Bo, to be in the best position come April is the Detroit Lions, and I don't even think it's close. And hear me out when I say this. So they are they are also looking for someone to trade them for their pick the number three overall pick so if the red but but if the redskins trade out of the number two pick chase young will fall to detroit which will help their edge issue dramatically what has detroit always been lacking they even Uh, went out in free agency superstar edge exactly that's what they've always needed they've never been able to get to the quarterback they went out last year in free agency got trey flowers it didn't work you know he was unhealthy a little bit this year we'll see if it works next year but but they just have had a really really rough time with um, getting edge pressure, and I you know imagine imagine being Detroit and Chase Young following to you. It'd be crazy. It'd be unreal. So let's think about it. This these are the three ways this could go. Have you ever seen a team that's number three in the draft be reacting to the board this much? <laughs> I know, I know, right? It's it's crazy. It's usually wild. it's just set in stone. Like like Detroit is really going to just have to wait and see what happens before them before they make up their mind. And I think these they, they'll have it drawn out. You know, these guys are well, I mean, are, they'll have it mapped out. They'll have yeah. it mapped out. So, I mean, they're going to have seven or eight different options. All day, all day every day they're, they're planning for that. It's, yeah, absolutely going to have it mapped out. But I'm trying to think in recent years, I don't know if I've seen a, a, a top three pick have this much, like, weighing in off what other teams are going to decide to do, you know? Absolutely. So, like I said, there's three ways this could go. Um, if the Redskins trade out of the number two pick, Chase Young will fall to Detroit. I think Detroit hops all over that because that will take care of that edge problem. It's a gift. It's a gift, an absolute gift. If they stand pat and no trades happen, they still get an unbelievable prospect in Okuda, which is yeah. who, who who they've been looking at a whole lot because there's just trade rumors with Darius Slay, man. There are trade rumors they with Darius Slay. A, they should get a pretty penny for Darius Slay. Oh, they'll get a lot for Darius Slay. Darius take Slay a, is take is a Kuda if you can and 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 offload that Slay contract and get you some picks. Or either you get a ton of draft ass, assets from a team looking to trade up for a quarterback. Yeah. 
So so either either you you're probably going to end up with Chase Young, Okuda, or a lot of or, or a solid amount of other picks or a solid um, talent coming in for mm-hmm. that for that pick. So the Lions should be extremely happy with where they're sitting at number three. And, I, and it seems to me that you you um, agree with me there, but I do I do, and I, I think that the Lions are in a great position because I think no matter what they're going to end up with a great player, but they're also they also have. They have more going for them than people realize, but also think we can't downgrade the position that obviously the Miami Dolphins are in. They kind of control the draft for the next two seasons when it comes to pick count. They have like sixteen or seventeen picks this year. You know, it's it's insane. It's like three in the first and like two every every round after that. And that's that's when you talk about trade, you talk about just talent wise, they have a lot going for them. And their GM is is, is not that well known. And his he came up in like under Bill Parcells and his dad, his name's Chris Greer. And it, his dad uh, worked under Parcells. He grew up around them and he's got more picks in his hand for the next two seasons. And and this one especially than I than any GM I can ever think of. I've never seen a team stockpile picks like this. And so you talk about being in a good position in April. I think good position lies beyond lies beyond just round one, just beyond, you know, beyond just the top ten. I mean the Dolphins are gonna come back around, I think get three guys in this round they could leave with quite the crop you know, like the raiders last year basically built the foundation in the first round yeah with they Cleveland, really really did you know and i think they are they are in a position to put down the pillars of their organization i've been talking all about some pillars today but they really are just they could put down the foundation of their organization for the next you know god god knows how long you know, with with the picks they have in hand, and and it, if they don't, it could be the biggest botched, you know, draft plan of all time to have this many picks and not get success out of it. it would give give the Patriots sixteen, you know, draft picks. Good oh, God, man. who knows what they'd get out of it? You know, it's they have the most pressure, but they have the most room to like, you know, carpe diem this thing and really seize the day and set their future up. So they really I think do. I think it's them and the Lions have the most to gain in this draft, and it, it's going to be interesting. It really is. And a big thing about it is like how much smoke screening is really going on in the league right now. You know, it's been a lot of talk that Detroit was heavily invested in Tua, right? The the yeah. Lions, the Lions were trying to get that smoke screen going, so people would trade up for their pick. You know, all these teams, I think, other than Cincinnati, are really interested in trading. You know, the the two, the number two and three pick are ready to move out if someone from like the five and six range wants. If the to price is in. right. If the price is right, we'll sell. So, you know, a big thing now. I think Kelly Stafford, my, uh, Matt Stafford's wife, pretty much screwed the Lions' plan of them trying to act like anything was going to happen with Tua because Having she came out. She she you know else she came out and tweeted, "We ain't going anywhere." So she may have have screwed their their plans up a little bit, but I don't see Matt Stafford going anywhere. I think Matt Stafford is the quarterback you can absolutely build on. He's a great quarterback. Yeah, he is a great quarterback. He's not the problem. But um, 
I, I, I can't wait to see. And, you know, obviously, guys, we're going to keep all of you guys up to date on everything that we're finding out and what we're thinking leading up to the draft. Like I said, me and Bo will be doing some mock drafts here soon. And we'll, we'll do some team mock drafts. We, we'll do seven-round drafts for some teams and see what guys we think some teams should, should get in their organization and how it could help them change things. But some last words, guys. Any athletes looking for representation and someone that will work hard for them, please contact my man Ramiro Ferrand. You'll hear me say it constantly. This man is the man to get in contact with if you need some representation. Please contact him at Ferrand Sports on Twitter. That's at F-E-R-R-A-N-D Sports, at Ferrand Sports. Follow Blitzalytics on Twitter and visit Blitzalytics.com. Go to the Members tab. Click on Jacob Patterson. Check my profile out my portfolio, whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. Just check it out for me. Read some of the articles I've written, some of the scouting reports I've done. Like I said, I will have my latest crop of scouting reports out this year. I will let you all know when they are out. Shout out to the Blitz team who was just out in Indy representing hard. I appreciate it, guys. Um, I did a little bit, little bit of sponsoring out there for TSR. So, guys, I really appreciate you sending me pictures of that. I know you guys went out there and crushed it with your event. So, big shout out to the Blitz team. Um, Bo, go ahead and give them your plug so they know where to find you at, my man. Uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at, at TSR in all caps. And then in lowercase B E A U, that's at T S R Bo. And uh, I'm on there. I'm usually tweeting about football. Uh, and then I do a little contributing writing for a site called Last Word on ProFootball.com in the, under the Steelers tab. I should have an article coming out soon this week, the next couple of days, on draft priority for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So if you're a fan, if you're interested, just go to my Twitter and check that out and give me some views. That'd be great. Guys, also, as you heard in the beginning of the podcast, I had to go out and surprise my man, my co-host, Bo, with some TSR merchandise that he did not know I was getting done for him. But he had been talking to me about recently, so I'm glad I was able to surprise him with it. Guys, there is merchandise (laughs) coming out for TSR. I got hoodies out, uh, women's t-shirts, men's t-shirts. I will be getting all the pricing done for that. I'll end up putting up links for that where you can go find it if you guys know me personally you know how to reach me on my personal um cell or email just email me if you're interested in getting one i'll let you know what it takes to get you one and we'll get you uh you can get you can get in touch with me as well if you if you if you can't get in touch with jacob feel free to get in touch with me on twitter or if you have my phone number just just shoot me a text and i'll i'll help you get you know get in contact with him and and we'll get you some gear yeah, I'm going to make sure everybody represents well, man. I appreciate all the support that I've gotten on the podcast. You know, the least I can do is uh, get some T-shirts and hoodies out there. Um, now, I'm not giving them out for free, but, hey, we'll work with you, right? We're going to figure out a good price for you guys to get them so we're not ripping you guys off. Um, so, but I really do appreciate all the support that I've gotten. Guys, please go follow uh, TSR on Twitter at Scouting LLC. Please go like some tweets, give us some follows, and please, if you want to shoot some draft questions or just football questions in general, please shoot some my way. I love talking ball anytime um, that I can. Also, follow TSR on Instagram at Scouting underscore LLC. Give us a follow. Again, we'll talk ball anytime, anywhere. And any athletes that are looking for some film to be broken down and learn about yourself as a football player, or you want some promotional work done on Instagram and Twitter, please email me at scoutingbreakdown at gmail.com. 
please get in touch with me. TSR will take care of you the best way we know how to. So, guys, that is it for the show tonight. I appreciate all you guys listening. Thanks for all the support, guys. We're having a blast, and I hope you are too. Bo, it's been amazing, man, but I got to get out of here. Yes, sir. TSR out. Peace. You know it's showtime when this beat kicks in This is the TSR pop where all we do is win It's just football fiends on a mission Delivering opinions of my significance Man, I hope you've been listening Cause scouting is the business You're welcome cause it's a privilege Most people in this position just don't give it away, no All that's left to say now is welcome to the show Cause you know Jacob and Ball were ready, so let's go Well, I got to gotta get it, put it in you Feeling with the feeling, don't stop, continue